Charlie Morton is back. Eddie Rosario is gone. For now, a lot going on as we get ready to kick off the offseason for the Atlanta Braves. We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast on social media at Lockdown underscore Braves. Give us a follow there. We'll have our mailbag episode on Friday. You can submit questions there as well to be answered on the podcast. Also, check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, thumbs up button, all those good things to help support the show. During the offseason, I do a lot of these episodes live. You want to join me there. Usually start recording around 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. However, Tuesday's episode will not be live. I'm going to do a pre-recorded show with Grant McCauley. We're going to do an, an off-season preview as we are now into the meat of it. Contract decisions have been made, which is what we're going to talk about on today's episode so looking forward to getting into all of that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel make every moment more right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started all right we got a lot of people in here already joining live thank you so much for being in here with me going over this a lot of fun stuff to talk about with these contract decisions that have been made. Uh, Michael Cox in here, I see TR Dorg, Chris Kaysen, Nick C, uh, Leland's in here as well, Barracuda, Jeffrey Humphreys, Lone Wolf, Veronica, Nick, Lee Carter. I got a lot of you in here already. Thank you so much for joining. Should be fun conversations tonight. Bojack in here as well, Jacob Pearson. Uh, thanks so much for joining live. Again, I do a lot of these off-season episodes live if you want to join those again look for the tweet from uh the podcast on social media to join those or join on youtube you're subscribed on youtube you should get that notification lot to talk about today uh so much to unpack i'm hoping we get to these comments because we got a lot of stuff in here to discuss um but let's start with the contract decisions because that's really what we've been waiting for. It's why I've kind of been holding off on my offseason preview because a lot of what happened today, I think, was going to tell us a lot about how this offseason is going to go. And the big thing is the Braves are bringing back Charlie Morton. And that was the biggest decision in my mind that really could flip the way that this offseason goes because you don't bring back Charlie Morton. Not only do you have a huge hole, in your starting rotation, but on the flip side, you also have 20 million to play with a little bit this year that you could have gone on out and spent maybe somewhere else, or maybe to add a couple of quality arms, but it's one more year at 20 million per year. Not really surprised that it's picked up. You know, I, I, my final decision on that was what if Morton wants to come back, I think the Braves will take him back. Now it sounds like the way that Jeff, Pass and reported, and I think he was the first one to report it. Lady Brave saying uh, she's happy Morton is staying. I, I am too. Uh, Jeffrey as well saying glad they kept Charlie. I think Charlie brings a lot of good value. 
Um, but, it, you know, based on the, the post from Jeff Haston, it sounded like there was, you know, there was a lot of back and forth in the Braves front office of whether they wanted to bring him back or not. I don't know this, but I would not be surprised if they tried to renegotiate his deal for a little less to see, maybe talk with him and say, hey, would you come back for $12 million? Would you come back for $15 million? And uh, again, I don't know that that happened. And Charlie Morton may have very well said, no, we agreed on 20. That's not what I'm going to get. Uh, you know, I may just go off and retire. Not that I don't think money is that huge of a factor to him at this point, but either way, Braves picked it up. Morton agreed to it. He wants to come back. I think that's a good thing for the Braves because now you look at the top of this rotation, you got Strider, Freed, and you got Morton. That's a solid one, two, three. So you have those guys healthy for the postseason. You feel pretty good about your rotation. Can't be it, though. And I think that's what everybody kind of agrees on is that we're all happy, or a lot of us, I think, are happy Charlie Morton is back. But if you don't follow that up and get another solid third starter, look, maybe it, maybe it will be Sonny Gray. Um, I if he has that qualifying offer attached to him, which I believe that was made official as well on Monday, then it's hard for me to see the Braves giving him much money and losing that draft pick. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a Jordan Montgomery. I definitely don't think it's going to be an Aaron Nola or a Blake Snell, but I think you do have to go out and find another third starter, another middle of rotation veteran starter that you can count on in a postseason, you know, type of rotation. Or if one of your top three guys goes down, you cannot. We've seen what happened the last two postseasons. Not that starting pitching was the problem other than game three this past year, but we've now seen two years in a row where right before the postseason, the Braves have had either a couple pitchers or in the case of, well, I guess it was a couple pitchers this year as well with Morton and Free not being 100%. So it's now two years in a row that you've had two of your starting pitchers go out just before the postseason. We're going to talk more about that later and how I think the Braves need to be strategic and how they manage their starting pitchers through the regular season to make sure they're healthy for the end, um, you know, more so than the beginning or even the middle. I mean, this is a Braves team that they should get to the postseason in some form or fashion, whether it's one of the wild card spots or, or the winning the division again. But more importantly, they got to make sure these pitchers are healthy for the uh, the postseason. But all that aside for now, even with Charlie Morton coming back, who I think is still can be good when he's on, he's dominant. That curveball is still elite, an elite pitch for him. And he's got to locate better. You got to find a way to drop that walk rate if you can. He's getting not getting any younger, so maybe he can't. But he can still be a really good pitcher for you and a really good veteran pitcher and somebody who's great for the rest of the staff. So I'm happy with Charlie Morton coming back, but this can't be it. There has to be more to it. Um, you have to go out and add somebody else and, and get him, you know, to, to supplement that rotation, to add more quality depth. There is a ton of depth in the Braves starting rotation. We talked about it last week. There is a lot of depth in the Braves starting rotation they need quality depth. You know, it's, it's, they don't need the Dylan Dodds, the Jared Schusters of the world who, you know, I'm not trying to give up on those guys after their first big league stint, but they need quality proven depth. Um, but, you know, in the case of Charlie Morton, it's a one-year deal for $20 million. 
Joey Me says uh, 20 million for top pitching isn't crazy. Wait until we see the deal Snell, Nola, and Yamamoto, et cetera, get. Yeah, they're going to get 20. You know, they're going to get over 20, and they're going to get it for more years. And again, th- these are the types of deals that Alex Antopoulos likes for starting pitchers. He'd rather have the higher AAV. Again, 20 million for what Morton is at this point is probably too much. But when you're only paying it for one year, there's a lot less risk involved. And those are just the types of deals that Alex Antopoulos likes for pitchers. That's why you may see him go after Luis Severino, um, Jack Flaherty, you know, maybe a Lucas Giolito. If you can get him on a, a two-year deal, a three-year deal, you know, that length of, of time of the contract for pitchers is just so risky. So, yeah, $20 million does seem like a lot, as Chris Kaysen says. Morton had a 3-6 ERA in 23. That's solid. It certainly is. But he's a third starter. We've seen it at this point for two years now. It's just the inconsistencies that he has. So, um, again, I- I'm glad that he's back. But if they don't go out and do more, uh, then, then I don't know that I'd necessarily agree with this decision. Then I think you should have done the alternative and just save that money and go out and get a couple uh, of decent quality starters. So for now, I like it. We have to see how the rest of the offseason unfolds. Again, I'm going to talk about that more tomorrow and really throughout the rest of this week. This is going to be our offseason preview content week. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk with Grant McCauley. We'll give our offseason preview. I'll give my dream scenario offseason, and we'll just have all kinds of offseason content throughout the week. But for right now, I am happy with the decision to pick up Charlie Morton because it it's a big feels a big hole in your starting rotation. And even though he's getting up there in age, he still gives you innings and at times gives you really good innings. So as four putt says, 160 innings, 200 strikeouts, sub 3.5 ERA for 20 million. I'll take it all day. Yes. It, you know, it, it is a good value. Would I rather have it for 15 million? Yes. But 20 million for one year, you pretty much know what you're going to get with Charlie Bourne at this point. I think it is a good deal. But again, there has to be more to it, in my opinion. So we'll see how the rest of the offseason unfolds. That was just one of the contract decisions of the day, and that was the only one that got picked up. The rest of them got declined. We'll talk about Eddie Rosario and the others next. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining a FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got the NFL season in full swing right now, NBA season going on, NHL. There's a lot of sports happening right now. So now is a great time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Their app is super easy to use. The website as well. I'll go over there and, and check. And I went over there the other day and checked to see Who is the favorite to win the World Series in 2024? Well, it is your Atlanta Braves. And I got to think bringing back Morton helps that even more so. So right now you go over to FanDuel, you'll see the Braves are the favorite to win the World Series in 2024. But their app's easy to use. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the action. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Visit FanDuel.com slash play safe as well for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Getting back into the contract option decisions from Monday, kind of the day we've all been waiting for that I think, you know, tell us a lot about how the rest of this offseason 
is going to go. Um, and Lady Braves asking if Eddie Rosario is not in left, who will take his place? And that is the big question, what we'll talk about throughout the week. But that was the other big decision on Monday. The, the Braves declined to pick up the option, $9 million option for Eddie Rosario for 2024. That, to me, was a bit of a surprise. We talked about this one a lot, obviously, in the past couple of weeks. If you would have asked me what I thought was the likelier, what had you know the best chance of happening, you want to see if there's a, a line on FanDuel, which option gets picked up, Morton or Rosario, I, I would have I would have bet on Rosario. I just think nine million dollar nine million dollars for what he gives you, I think it's a really good value. And I don't know how you replace that this offseason. Um I don't think the Braves are going to get a Cody Bellinger. I don't think they're going to get a Teoscar Hernandez. If you get Lourdes Gurriel, I don't honestly know how much of an upgrade that is over Eddie Rosario. It's just, it's hard for me to envision right now, again, not knowing what's available through trades or what maybe the Braves' plans are with, with Vaughn Grissom. Maybe they start transitioning him to left field. Obviously, I don't know what the Braves' plans are. But it's tough right now not having Lone Wolf. I doubt Grissom's headed to left field either. I think they would have already made that transition. But I, I just I don't see a I don't see a path right now to get a significant upgrade over Eddie Rosario, unless the Braves are just going to spin big. But even if you do, you know those are the options that I just gave you. It's it you know at least in terms of free agents, you know it's it's Cody Bellinger, it's Oscar Hernandez. Uh, you know, it's it's Lourdes Guriel. There's just not a lot out there that I can see, you know, in the free agent market that is a significant upgrade over what Eddie Rosario can give you for nine million. Um, and look, Eddie Rosario frustrates me. Uh, you know, during the season, I came on here and I said, I, I think you should start Kevin Pilar and just take the defense and not the frustrations that Eddie Rosario gives you at the plate and save him for a bench, you know, player who comes in against a, a righty in a clutch situation where he was really good with the Braves. Uh, but now again, you see the value and when he can have those hot streaks, I just don't know. I don't know what else out there you can get that would be a significant upgrade over Eddie Rosario near that price point. Again, you look at Cody Bellinger, he's probably going to get huge contract coming off a, a big season in a, a season that I don't know if I fully believe from Cody Bellinger. You're looking at a, a Hunter Renfro, a big right-handed bat. Teoscar Hernandez, a big right-handed bat, maybe a, a DH. Jock Peterson, he is strictly a DH. J.D. Martinez, strictly a DH at this point. You know, Lourdes Gurriel, he's, you know, in my mind, somewhat similar, maybe a little bit more consistent than Eddie Rosario. I think that's a slight upgrade, but you're going to pay more to get him. I, I just don't. I don't see where the clear path is to get a huge upgrade over what Eddie Rosario can give you at 9 million. And again, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's in love with Eddie Rosario. I've made that pretty clear on this podcast, but I just looking at the free agent market for outfielders right now. I don't, I don't know who gives you better value than what you could get from Eddie Rosario at 9 million. Unless as some of you are pointing out in the chat right now, JL, um, you know, others in here saying, go and get, uh, go and get Juan Soto. 
I don't see how that happens. I don't think the Braves have the prospects to make that happen um, unless you're giving up somebody from the major league roster. And again, I don't, I don't know why you would do that. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, we can, we can sit here and talk about dream scenarios for trades and, and maybe Alex Anthopoulos has something in mind, but unless it is a trade or unless they're going to spend big money on a left fielder, I just don't know where they go to get a huge upgrade this offseason and see some people saying Adam Duvall, Adam Duvall is not an upgrade over Eddie Rosario. I'm sorry. He is, you know, a, a right-handed bat who sometimes has reverse splits and sometimes doesn't. Yes, he can play good defense. It's again, I just don't see it. Uh, you're going to go out and trade for Luis Robert. Uh, I mean, again, if we're talking trade scenarios, we can talk about dream trade scenarios if you want. But again, I'm just talking about, free agent market specifically, I don't see where there's a clear upgrade over Rosario. See Austin Parase and Alex Verdugo. If the Red Sox are shopping him, it'd be a rental player. I wouldn't give up too much for him, but I wouldn't mind that. I think that would be a solid player for left field. Uh, Ozuna's not playing li left. Nick C, I'm sorry. Um, for putt, talking about Renfro. He's a home run hitter. He's had good defense in the past. It's just, you know, it's another big right-handed bat. I just... Again, could you go out and get other guys? Sure, but you're going to be paying more, and I don't know how much more production you're going to be getting. I mean, $9 million for what Eddie Rosario gives you, I think, is really solid. So, again, unless there's a trade, you know, certainly Alex Anthopoulos, I have full trust in him that he's going to go out and, and solve this left field situation. It's just, for me right now, I don't see an easy path to that happening. I feel like it almost has to be through a trade. And again, we can all dream about possible trade scenarios. Um, Bojack talking about, will they sign Lourdes Gurriel or Tommy Pham for left field? Yeah, you could. You're going to probably pay more than $9 million for either one of them. And I, I don't know that either one of them is a significant upgrade over Eddie Rosario. At that point, I'd almost rather just save the money work Von Grissom out there and see what happens. It's not the typical, you know, left field profile, but you don't need that with this lineup that has power up and down. So again, there are people stop saying Adam Duvall. It's not happening. Um, there are people they can go out and sign. You're probably going to pay more than what you were going to have to pay Eddie Rosario. And I just don't know that the production is that much greater than what you would have gotten from Rosario. So this is one for me. Again, we kind of have to wait and see what happens in the offseason if they have a plan to go out and significantly you know, upgrade in left field or do you go for some cheaper platoon options? Maybe you go for a, a Randall Gritchick and you know a, a left-handed bat somewhere. Again, you're probably still paying over $10 million for some sort of platoon combo. I, I don't know. This is one we're definitely going to have to wait and see. I'm not saying I don't like it because I was never a huge Rosario fan. It's just until I see what the the plan is, the plan A is, it's really hard for me to evaluate not picking up Eddie Rosario at $9 million. The rest, you know, we knew they were going to decline Brad Hand. They actually already announced that the other day. Was pretty positive they were going to decline Colin McHugh. I thought they would pick up the Kirby Yates deal just because you know, it wasn't that big of a difference between what you're paying him and his buyout, which is a pretty substantial buyout and what he'd actually would make 
in 2024. So I thought they might keep that one because you know, Yates was okay. He had big strikeout rates, just big walk route, big walk rates and gave up some home runs. But um, I just, I thought they would pick that one up because it, you weren't really saving much money when you consider the buyout. But again, that's one not too surprising either uh, that they declined that one. So Charlie Morton's the only one that gets picked up in that scenario. So those are the contract options. So now we know, we know what the Braves need going into the off season. Again, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, but you got to have another starting pitcher. They may be done in the bullpen and you got to figure out left field. I, I, I think that may be the bigger question at, at this point, because who is your left fielder? You look at the 40 man roster now. Um, I really didn't have time to go through the 40 man roster, um, but you know, that had to get, narrowed down today as well and did uh, as they made some moves. Um, Jackson Stevens elected free agency, uh, opened up a space on the 40-man roster. They claimed Angel Perdomo, who has a big arm but just can't stay healthy, added him to the 40-man roster. So, uh, you know, those were the moves that were were made. Like I said, we talked about last week, we talked about the 40-man roster crunch. So they are now down to 40 men as they had to get those guys off of the injured list, um, you know, so those were some of the moves that were made there. Some of those were all had already been decided um, as well. Uh, Andrew Velasquez, Sam Hilliard, those guys were already uh, cut loose. So Braves roster right now is at 40, 40 guys. Um, like Michael Soroka is on there. Yanni Torinos is on there. Luke Williams is on there. Michael Tonkin is on there. These are all guys that, you could see get cut if room needs to be made just because they're on the 40 man now doesn't mean they'll be there when the season starts. It's just the decisions that they had to make on Monday to get it to 40 guys more so to get the guys off the injured list onto the 40 man roster. And to do that, they had to cut some guys, but that doesn't mean that they're still going to tender a contract to Michael Soroka. They got some time before they do that. And, you know, other guys as well, we could still see some of these guys get cut. You got to make room for the Rule 5 draft guys like Luis Diavila, uh, Jesse Franklin, who I think they'll try to make room for, and then any other moves you might make this offseason. So just because you're on the 40-man now doesn't mean you're going to be there opening day. There are still roster cuts the Braves could make, but those were the moves that they made to get it down to 40-man, uh, to a 40-man roster size on Monday. All right, we got a lot more to talk about, some awards coming out, some big shakeups and uh, some managers in the NL Central, which I think is pretty exciting and, and fun. It could be really fun to talk about here, including old brave David Ross, who was just suddenly let go by the Chicago Cubs uh, in favor of Craig Council, who left the Brewers. For some reason, the Brewers let him go. Uh, we'll talk about all of that, and I'll take some of your questions here next. So it was a wild Monday for news in Major League Baseball. We talked about all the moves that the Braves made and the contract decisions, but a lot of big news in the managerial world as well. We knew Craig Council had out, was out there, and he was getting a lot of looks. A lot of people maybe thought he'd go to the Mets. You know, that was one name that was being looked at. I don't know that anybody mentioned the Chicago Cubs. And at the last minute, or I don't know if it was the last minute, but you know, as things were unfolding today, it was announced the Cubs were hiring Craig Council. And nobody even knew that David Ross had been fired. It was just the 
most odd timing of a managerial announcement. I don't know that I've ever seen that, that Cubs had a manager and then they hired a manager and let a manager go. Um, the manager that was really good had them on the brink of making a postseason appearance this year when nobody thought they would be. Uh, I'm not saying David Ross is the best manager in the world, but it was just really weird the way that things unfolded. So uh, I think that's a great pickup for the Cubs. Uh, I'm glad that the Mets didn't get him. Um, the Mets did also hire a manager on uh, on Monday as well. I apologize. I don't remember the name and I really wasn't familiar with them. I know they've been on the Yankees coaching staff for a while. Um, but that was the big news. The Cubs getting Craig Council. Um, again, like I said, I thought he was going to go to the the, the Mets like a lot of other people did. Um, and I think that would have been a great hire for the Mets. I don't know how Council and Mill, you know, he was a great, did a great job in Milwaukee, but that is a lot different than managing in New York. But either way, that's not going to happen. They get somebody who is familiar with managing in New York, and that's Carlos Mendoza, uh, who, again, had served as a Yankees bench coach for the last four seasons. So that's who the Mets go with. I don't know much about that hire. don't know much about Mendoza as a manager. We'll see how that all unfolds and how that works out for them. You also had some awards finalists list. You had Acuna on the NL MVP awards list. With with Betts and Freeman, Cunha's going to run away with it, in my opinion. I don't know how Matt Olson has a season that he had and wasn't a finalist. I know Betts and Freeman were fantastic, but the season Matt Olson had wins MVPs in a lot of seasons. But not only was he not in the top three, he's, you know, Acuna, like I said, is head and shoulders, in my mind, uh, over the other two. And Olson, again, just had an incredible season. Uh, and doesn't even get to be a finalist. Snicker is a finalist for manager of the year. I think he should win it. I think I, I thought he should have won it last year, uh, but definitely I think he should win it this year. So I think both of those guys have a good chance of coming home with the trophy. Um, a lot of news to get to. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff there, uh, but I think those are the big highlights. Try to go through some of the questions here. Uh, see one from Bellfire A making room for Shohei by refusing the Rosario option, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, again, bold strategy here, declining the nine million that Rosario was going to make to go after Otani. So uh, hopefully that's what AA has up his sleeve. Um, Stu Tillery, Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, or Randy Arosa for left field. If I'm picking from those three, I'm I'm taking Randy Arozarena. I just I don't think Solaire can play left field at this point. I've never loved Adam Duvall. I love Randy Arozarena. I don't think the the Rays are going to trade him though. Um, Chris Casey is close. Olsen versus Freeman. Olsen still takes third place in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look in the end, Acuna's going to win it, but it's just it's crazy to me that Olsen put up the numbers he had and doesn't even get a, a top three finish. He's probably going to be fourth, but uh, that that was just. Pretty wild. Uh, Joseph recap, Jocktober. Look, I, I love Jock Peterson, and I want him back because I want him in that clubhouse. Unless he wants to be a bench player. I mean, he can play outfield. It's going to be rough. We all thought Eddie Rosario was rough in left field. I'm telling you, Jock Peterson would be worse. Jock Peterson, the DH at this point in my mind, and I don't think you're going to platoon him with Ozuna, uh, who had some reverse splits this year. So, um uh, I just, I don't see Jock coming back. I don't I don't see how the Braves fit that in unless some other moves are made. Um, JL Michael Harrison needs a big season next year. 
he's been pretty good the last last two years. But I agree. I think there's another. I think there's another tier for Michael Harris to get to. I think he could be even better. Uh, Little League twenty game winner Spencer Strider snub from Cy Young finalist in favor of Logan Webb of the Giants with eleven and thirty. Oh wow! I did not see the Cy Young finalist. I didn't know Webb made it over Strider. Yeah, that's a. I know Strider had the the elevated ERA with all those home runs, but yeah, if you if you'd have told me Logan Webb was going to be a finalist over Strider, I, I thought you were crazy. Um, Teoscar Joseph recap says Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's got the big power. Not the best defense in the world. I think he could get close to to twenty million. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it's a perfect fit. It brings another kind of you know home run bat to this lineup, which is what the Braves obviously are great at. So you want to continue to build on that, but it's also no walks, a lot of strikeouts, a lot of chase, a lot of swing and miss in his game. And I, I just don't think this lineup needs more of that. Um, sprint speed's really good. Uh, defense is actually, you know, pretty solid for Teoscar. I, I just don't see the fit. It's, it's weird to say I don't see the fit in the lineup because he fits perfectly in the lineup in the fact that he's a home run hitter like the rest of them. But again, the low, low walk rates, the high strikeout rates, I, I just don't think this lineup needs, needs more of that. Uh, CJ Palmer. Hey Jake, do you think AA picking up Morton's options suggests the Braves have more money to spend? than we perhaps thought heading into the offseason? And this is a great question. It's a question I'm not really going to have time to answer, but we may do an episode maybe Thursday this week talking about the payroll. Um, obviously, we don't know. Nobody knows what the Braves are going to spend this offseason, but it's a good point that with picking up the option for Charlie Morton, that's a $20 million AAV, and AAV is what pushes up that luxury tax. Are the Braves going to go into the tax for a second year in a row? You know, penalties really start to hit that third year in a row that you do it. So they could do it one more year, and I think it will be fine. But the year after that is when, you know, you really don't want to do it three years in a row. Um, so picking up that option on Charlie Morton does hurt them towards the luxury tax, but we'll probably have to do a full episode or at least a full segment talking about payroll. But, again, we don't know. Nobody knows how much they're actually going to spend. We know they make a lot of money there at the battery and have for the last several years now. So I think they have the money, um, but I just don't know how high they're actually willing to go. And if they're going to do something else significant this offseason, they're going to have to blow past what they did this past year, which was by far the highest we've seen them spend before. Um. Stu Tillery, any chance we sign Tim Anderson? Absolutely not. I uh, just, no, I, I don't think so. Um, Nick C., you think the MLB will will ever have a salary cap for each team? Yankees, Dodgers, Mets are the only teams talked about every offseason. No, I, I don't think so. Just because the players' union is so um, strong in Major League Baseball compared to other sports, and you know, putting a cap on those teams means less money for those players. I would like to see a floor more than a cap uh, to kind of force some of these other teams to spend money. Um, I, I think a salary floor certainly needs to happen. I don't know that it will. Uh, four putt, leave Wallen left and get Montgomery. So, look, I was on the Forest Wall bandwagon this past year. You know, top, former top prospects kind of coming out, having a good year, all that speed. I don't think you can go into 2024 with Forest Wall as your – 
left field. Uh, I mean, if something happens and he he gets an opportunity and he makes the most of it and runs with it, then fantastic. I, I just don't think you go into 2024 thinking, okay, this guy who's you know has never played really at the big league level and has really struggled in the minors and hasn't broken through. We're going to just hand him the left field job. It's just hard for me to see the Braves doing that. Uh, Doc's cards, Lourdes Gurriel, kind of talked about him already. I, I could, you know, yeah, I could see it. And I think maybe it's a marginal upgrade over Eddie Rosario. Um, but to me, it's just, it's not, it's not that significant of a move. Not that big of a move in my opinion. Um, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, appreciate you you joining. Had a lot of people in here, over 150 people uh, in here live. Thank you so much for that. Most we've had in here in a while. We are getting into the off-season content now. This is going to be off-season preview week. Again, I'm going to have Grant on tomorrow previewing the off-season. I'll give you my dream scenario off-season and also what I think the Braves will do this off-season. And we'll obviously have our mailback episode on Friday. We'll probably have a payroll episode at some point as well so we got a lot to talk about but now with the contract decisions out of the way the 40-man rosters down to 40 men with all the guys cut that we know it is time to get into the heart of this offseason going to see a lot of stuff happening this is a really fun time to be a baseball fan the regular season is great i'd rather be watching games but this part of the offseason from now through the winter meetings is a really fun part of the major league baseball offseason in my mind as well so thanks for joining all you in the chat all your comments. Thanks so much. If I didn't get your get your question or comment, make sure you leave it down below on YouTube. But that will do it for this episode of a Lockdown Braves. Make sure you subscribe to us on social media at Shortstop Ball and at Lockdown underscore Braves. Subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 